Hello and welcome to the Double Double. My name is David Dixon and it is Tuesday, June 1st here in New York City. Hope everyone is enjoying uh, the start of the week and uh, enjoying the NBA playoff basketball. So uh, we're going to continue talking about the games from last night and then previewing the the games uh, tonight. This episode came out a little bit later, trying to wait as long as possible to get the news about Anthony Davis and his injury status going into uh, game four, sorry, game five tonight in Los Angeles, uh, in Phoenix, and also getting news about uh, Joel Embiid's knee injury. Uh, wait as long as we could, but we have to go in with, with a little uh, not perfect information on that. So uh, if anything comes up during recording, We'll definitely make a note of it, but uh, let's just jump right into it. So last night, Sixers played the Wizards. As we talked about yesterday on the podcast, this was this was the game that hey, if the if the, if the Sixers were going to lose a game this series, it, it was going to be this one up three zero. It would be like, hey, do we want to win this game? Do we not want to win this game? The Wizards are going to come out with with the fight and the desire to to win one last game for their home fans for the 2020-2021 season. And that kind of got thrown off as Embiid, who was the front runner for MVP before he went down with a knee injury earlier this season, uh, who's having just an unbelievable campaign and just truly dominating this series. He goes down uh, with the knee injury. They ruined him out with right knee soreness. He's in the process of getting an MRI today where, you know, the word will come out about what the status is. I would bet that he plays uh, game five uh, just because he's a competitor like that, but uh it's not clear that they, you know, absolutely need him to beat the Wizards, but they do need him to advance farther and farther into the playoffs. So, without Embiid, it was a close, competitive game. Simmons played. Uh, Simmons was the storyline. Ben Simmons, his running mate, because for the whole time they've been together, it's always can they play together? Do they have to break them up? Do they? Do they? Do their styles match up? Simmons is well known for being a very reluctant uh, perimeter shooter, being a weak free throw shooter and what got exposed last night was the Wizards down 3-0 back against the wall nothing has worked so far in the series so they're just going to try something uh went with the good old-fashioned hack a shack on Ben Simmons and so Ben Simmons up to game four in the series I believe was 0 for 7, 0 for 8, 1 for 9, maybe even 0 for 9, something in that range of he hadn't made one of his free throws yet or was a very, very low percentage during the entire series. Now you could say fluke, he, you know, he shoots what he shoots from the line. It's slightly below average for an NBA player, but okay, he was he was off to a poor free throw shooting start this series. Well, when you have a team who nothing is working, they're getting crushed and blown out in Every single game so far, they're in a close one. They're going to try something. Yeah, you have Bradley Beal. You're going to try to get him the ball back and make plays. You know, Simmons shot 61% this year. Slight, you know, that, you know, he's going to make one of two every time. But if he's struggling, you get, you get in your head. But also, it was more of a sense of desperation from the Wizards of, hey, we got nothing. We can't stop them. We know we're not going to win this series, but hey, we're just throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks, and it worked. I mean, Ben Simmons missed free throws, came out after the game. You know, you have people saying, like Stephen A. Smith on first take today, saying, hey, this could be a real issue going forward, which it absolutely will be. It it absolutely could be, which is that 
Ben Simmons, it's been talked about before with his uh, black rimmer shooting, it affects the spacing, it takes him away from, you know, he's really good and dynamic, do you have him on the ball, do you not have him on the ball, all this stuff, but with the free throw shooting in, in particular, it's going to be really interesting to see if a team tries it, like in the next round if they play what looks like it will be Atlanta, just because they're up three games to one, will Atlanta try it? Because I think Atlanta can compete better with Philadelphia than the Wizards can. I still think Philadelphia is favored, but will Atlanta try it? Because you also run the risk of him making both free throws or him making a, him scoring a point every time, which works great in theory. Okay, we're just holding them to one point instead of the two or three on a made basket. But that still means on every possession, they're adding a point. They're adding a point. And coaches naturally are sometimes can be more risk adverse to things like that. Hey, we want to trust our defense. We don't always just want to get a point on there. Because also, you know, you run the risk of, yeah, foul him. And then he makes both free throws. And then that strategy, oh, why'd you do that? It's almost you gave him two free points. You put one of your players. You add another foul onto him. Another one for the bonus for a guy like Embiid who draws a massive amount of fouls and is a very good free throw shooter. So I wouldn't worry about it too much if I'm the Sixers. I still think that the Sixers are can can definitely win the Eastern Conference because of their defense and just their size and Embiid being just an absolute uh, mismatch and it's a dynamite player. But this is something to watch going forward only if the Hawks try it next round or the Knicks because... The Wizards are trying anything and everything to try to win a game in the series. And look, they won They won the game. It worked for them last night. But in the long run, I don't think that this is a strategy to beat this Sixers team that, that can really work. Because Simmons will he'll start making free throws. These guys are professionals. He's not, he's not truly like Shaq at his percentage. He's a better shooter. So, so we'll see what happens. But... Uh, the biggest thing to that people aren't focusing on is all this talk has been about Simmons and the free throw shooting. Their best player got hurt last night. Knee injury, knee soreness, unclear. But anytime they go for an MRI, it's always raised a little bit of alarm, a little bit of concern. So that should be the big storyline is Embiid injured, not Ben Simmons missed free throws. This other game last night, Jazz Grizzlies. Jazz firmly put their foot down and said this series is over. You know, the Grizz won game one when they didn't have Donovan Mitchell, their best player, and the Jazz came out last night in a good crowd, good game that, that the Grizzlies plays. I like a lot of the guards on Memphis. You know, they obviously have the star in John Morant leading the attack at the point guard position. You know, I compared him yesterday to, he's the closest thing we have to a young Russell Westbrook, young Derrick Rose, pre-MVP, where he's not afraid of anything and just relentlessly attacking the rim and shot blockers, trying to dunk everything. But the Jazz also have really, really good guards around Morant. Maybe not many guards with incredibly high upside of all-star potential or true running mates that, that you would think of, hey, a title contending team has to have around a, a stud player, you know, getting that second guy. But they're, they drafted well. They got Desmond Bain. Last year in the draft, he's was a he's a solid player. He's played well all season. Played very well last night. Dylan Brooks is turning into one of my favorite players in the NBA. Just he's relentless. Uh, he's a, such a competitor. He can shoot the ball. He guards. He just you know just his energy on the court. He he's the type of guy who 
you would just love to be on on a team with and, and you can see so it'll be un, it'll, you know it'll be interesting to see hey can they keep all these guys eventually you know if we put up numbers other teams are like hey these guys are pretty good they're gonna pay them probably a little more than it may seem like they're worth but uh dylan brooks is really good desmond bain is really good grayson allen you know he's had a he's had an interesting history with the incidents with the tripping at duke and being unpopular because of that and then also just the duke thing uh but he he fits a role pretty well for this Memphis team. Come off the bench, shoot the ball. He's a good shooter. Play hard. You know he's not a guy you want playing thirty five minutes a game, but sixteen to eighteen minutes a night. He's he's a solid contributing off the bench guy. And Kyle Anderson from New Jersey, St. Anthony's, slow mo. He's he 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 just knows how to play basketball. He's another good guard around him. Again, not an all star player, but just a, a guy who on these championship teams you would want coming off. Uh, coming off the bench. So we'll see what Memphis does going forward. They're really interesting. I think they're a lot like Atlanta with all these really good guards, good big guy and Jonas Valanciunas now just looking for whether it's a slight change in, in coaching, even though I think Taylor Jenkins has done a really good job, or adding a guy in free agency the way that Atlanta was able to add Bogdanovich, the way they're able to add Gallinari. Can Memphis add someone this offseason to really bring that this team to the next level because look let's be honest if if Memphis was in the Eastern Conference they would be a five or a six seed but in the West they had to battle for a nine and, and an eight seed that that that's just the that's the that's the hand that, that that they've been dealt with just the makeup of the league right now but Memphis really really interesting going forward but their 2020 2021 season is pretty much over unless the Jazz something crazy happens to them injuries but uh, the Jazz, really, really good. They'll be advancing to the next round, waiting to see what happens in this awesome Clippers-Dallas series that we'll touch on tomorrow because that one is really, really interesting. So moving into the games tonight, there's three games tonight. Uh, we're going to start with the most interesting one and then work backwards, actually chronologically, and in, in, in when they're going to be tipping off. So the so first game we're talking about is Lakers-Suns. Lakers-Suns is... The Western Conference first round series that everyone is most interested in, two seed versus seven seed, tied at two. This series has been a seesaw of belief of, hey, it's over for one team, it's not over for another team. Game one, the Suns win game one, but Chris Paul hurts his shoulder. Okay, Chris Paul, don't not, not at 100%, Lakers take game two. Okay, the Lakers should have commanded the series, especially after they win game three with LeBron playing. Awesome. Davis was electric. Chris Paul doesn't seem fully healthy. Okay, maybe with Chris Paul healthy, the Suns can beat this full-strength Lakers team. He's not healthy. Lakers can win. But then in game four, Anthony Davis goes down. And Anthony Davis is one of those guys who Every half, it feels like he gets hurt twice. He's holding something. He's grabbing his knees, grabbing his shoulder. He's wincing in pain. And then two possessions later, he catches in alley-oop and hangs on the rim with extra authority because he's awesome. But then he, in the second half, goes down. Seems like he rolls his ankle. He's holding it. You don't know. Oh, is he out? He's going to go to the bench, locker room, retape. You know, is it serious? And then he's blocking a shot into the 14th row behind the backboard because he's just a, he's just a defensive monster. Well, he actually, he went down yesterday, or sorry, two days ago, and stayed down. He he hurt his groin. He was out for the second half, and that changed the complete tone of that game and the entire series and the entire Western Conference and the entire NBA playoff hunt. 
because the Lakers cannot win a championship without Anthony Davis at 100%. That is not rocket science. You know, thanks, David. That was that. That's obvious. But you know, I mentioned this yesterday. The the Lakers' chance at a dynasty rests more on Davis's health rather than LeBron's health, which seems crazy because LeBron's the guy who's in year 18. LeBron's the guy who's had, you know, the 40, 50,000 minutes played in the NBA in his career, all those miles. But it's Davis's injury history that's really, really concerning going forward. And look, he's questionable. It's a groin injury. Unclear, hey, will, will he be able to, to play tonight? I, not 100%, but at whatever he'll be, do they rest him tonight and, and say, LeBron, carry us home the way that he's been able to do his entire career and put up 40, 10, and 10 and, and somehow will his team to a victory? And have Davis come back full strength or as close to full strength, hopefully for game six. But it's this series now has seesawed back from the Lakers are definitely going to win because of Chris Paul's injury too. The Suns are now the favorite because of Anthony Davis's injury. And so it's just a fascinating back and forth uh, debate in, in this series as it just shows, you know, we, we say all these things at the beginning of this series is over, this series is over, but you can never judge a series after just game one, no matter what happens. It's a long, the best of sevens are really, really long series. You never know what's going to happen. Injuries, unfortunately, are a big part of basketball and the NBA playoffs. Every year we always see someone get injured and it kind of messes up the whole thing. But the Lakers this series have played great defense. So moving on to, the, to this game tonight, what do the Lakers need to do? Well, if, assuming they don't have Davis, the question becomes, can they score enough? The defense has been really good. And I still think that, that the defense tonight, even though Davis is an absolute monster defensively, maybe even the best defensive player in the entire league and in recent NBA history at, at his position, the question becomes, can they score enough? Can the Lakers score enough? And, you know, you know LeBron's going to have his... 32 to 45 points. So, so you can put that on the board. But who, how can they get to 100 points? That's the question because the Lakers defensively have held the Suns to 100 points or less in three of the four games. How do the Lakers then in, in effect score 100 points? Or do you say 105 points because they're going to be on, on the road? How do they get there? Well, I'm looking at one guy. It's Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma has been struggling a little bit this this series but he's a shooter. If he can get hot, make some shots. Guys played hard. I thought two years ago was a mistake not it was a mistake not including him in the trade for Davis. I thought that he was one of the guys who I would have traded and, tra- and tried to hold on to a guy like Josh Hart instead, just because I thought that he was a better shooter, played better defense consistently. Well, Kuzma proved me wrong last year. He was awesome the entire way. Played really hard defense, uh, shot the ball really well, rebounded, great size for his position. Kuzma is, is the guy that I'm looking at tonight. Uh, can he have a big moment? Can he have that that game in this series where he goes 6 for 10 from, from 3? Because that will open up the whole floor for LeBron, Schroeder to drive to the basket. Hopefully KCP can play. See, see if he can make a couple of shots. Then it opens up the court. Maybe you can throw in Harrell a, a little bit to just muck up the game, be super physical, get offensive rebounds. Uh, draw some fouls, Andre Drummond, he needs space on the inside. Ability to open up the court with Kuzma shooting can just change the entire makeup of Game 5. And then the other thing for, for Phoenix is, this is the this is the first time Phoenix uh, has a real chance that, hey, they are the true, not just 
perceived, you know, they're they're now the 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 favorites in the series. They're they're now in control with Davis's injury. If if they get a chance to go up three to two, that is huge because then they only have to win one more game at home. You know, whatever happens game six, you get game seven at home. That's huge for for them for a young, inexperienced team outside of Chris Paul in terms of playoff reps. Tonight is one of the most is is you know obviously extremely important game, but maybe the most important game of Devin Booker's young career, maybe one of the most important games of DeAndre Ayton's young career. Look for their shooters early on. They have great shooters. Jay Crowder will be ready to go. He will be ready to go. But look to Bridges. Look to Johnson. We'll look to campaign. Will those guys feel comfortable in the moment taking those big shots? Because every shot just gets amplified. Because you know who's on the other side, right? You know LeBron is there. You know LeBron's going to control the game. He's going to play his style. And that no matter what happens tonight, the series isn't over. Because you know LeBron can win down 3-2. He'll win in 7. You can know he can win tonight and win in 6. You know he can win tonight and still win in 7. Knowing LeBron's on the other side just messes with your head just a little bit. It puts a little extra pressure on all your shots. So we'll see how does Phoenix's shooting and those perimeter guys. You, you, you know Chris Paul's going to be ready. You know Aiton's going to have his 8-10 to 10 baskets, make some free throws, dunks. That's in his game. He'll rebound the ball well. But what those surrounding players do. Jay Crowder's going to get him up. He'll feel no pressure at all. He'll he'll take shots. He'll have no problem shooting. Just question, hey, it's a make or miss league. If he makes some, Phoenix probably wins tonight. But look at those other guys, particularly Cam Johnson, Bridges, and uh, Campaign for, for, for what they can bring tonight to the table. I think that will really decide it. Other game tonight, Western Conference, Nuggets versus the Blazers. This series also tied 2-2. Two to two. I'm a believer now, I guess, that the Denver Nuggets can't play any simple series, any unentertaining series, that they have to play Game 7's back-and-forth uh, series. That they, This is just what they've done with Jokic and Murray since he's been there. Obviously, Murray out with the ACL injury. He's not playing. You can just tell just how big of a hole that is for Denver just in terms of scoring. That's why... I think this game, game five, comes down to the breakout game. Who who's gonna break out in this series and as in terms of the role guy have a great scoring game, right? So game five, Norman Powell, who Portland got from Toronto at the trade deadline, he scores twenty nine points. Those are the, those are the games. Hey, we, we win a game because one of our one of the quote unquote supporting guys around our superstar and Damian Lillard plays a little above his level, shoots the ball a little bit better than, than his level and has a big and has a big night. Well, Denver hasn't had that yet. They haven't had the Michael Porter Jr. 30 point game the way that Den the way that Portland has had the Norman Powell game. So I think tonight comes down to can Porter have his third because you know Jokic is going to put up his near triple double stats. And you know, Jokic may very well score 42 Points have 15 rebounds and 15 assists, and then they win. But but I would really look to see Michael Porter Jr., how does he play? He is not short on confidence. I'll never forget last year in, in, in the bubble. They're down 3-1 to, I believe, the Clippers. He's doing his Zoom press conference, eating, you know, something. You know, his was probably his post-game little snack, little tied me over till the meal when he gets back to, to the hotel. And he, and he said, 
I need the ball more. I need more shots. He's, he was you know not a rookie, but his first year playing in the NBA because of an injury in the playoffs, 19 years old, getting absolutely torched on defense the first four games of that series, saying in the postgame, yeah, I need the ball more. This guy is not short on confidence at all. I would look to see, really, does he come out tonight and is he just going for it from, from the beginning? Is, is, is he going out trying to have 30? To, to win this game and, and putting a lot on his shoulders because that's what Denver needs. Jokic is going to do his thing. He's going to be awesome. But how does how does Porter play? And then for Portland, Lillard is incredible. Just, he's so good. But is this the C.J. McCollum game? C.J. has a great game, relies a lot on jumpers at times. But if he gets it going, 35-40 is not out of the question for him. And that'll be a Portland victory. I'm really excited for the game. That game, unfortunately, is on NBA TV because the Nets have three superstars on, on their team. They're the biggest draws in the league, Kyrie, KD, Harden. Even though the Nets game, in terms of quality, should be on NBA TV, unfortunately, this game is on NBA TV. But if you can watch it, this game has a ch- way, chance to be way better than the Nets Celtics because that's the last game we're going to talk about. This is the thanks for coming, thanks for playing You know, game. Uh, Boston's going to come out, they're going to play hard because they're professionals, Marcus Smart, Tristan Thompson, they're going to play hard. But again, if your strategy is Jason Tatum, please score 50 points, you're not really, it's going to be really hard to win this series and even win another game to have them score 50 again. Nets at home as well. Uh, big crowd, you know, because the, the Nets have the uh, Barclays open to vaccinated fans and, and everything like, like that. The, the goal for this game, the Nets is to win, take care of business, play hard, be professionals and stay healthy. You know, if, you know, don't if, if if you're you know Kevin Durant, not that he would try this, but don't you know don't try to dunk on someone so hard that you're gonna break your arm on the rim. Like don't like like all that stuff. Just hey, stay healthy, advance to the next round healthy. You're already down Jeff Green. You're gonna need everyone to beat Milwaukee because that's gonna be a tough enough series. This is just the, the hey Boston. Thanks for coming. Th- thanks for playing. This 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 has been fun, but uh, we'll see you next season game. And that's really all I have to say about it. just Brooklyn stay healthy. Boston, I you know, they just they if Kemba's out and Robert Williams is out again, they can't win. But if Kemba's back and Williams is back with Tatum, they can compete. They can make it close. They can make it a, a competitive game. But with the injury status still being unknown, it's just it's just not a game that I think that the Celtics can win. Or or if they do win, it'll be more something of how awesome and above their level they played and the Nets playing down in their competition and taking it easy and not having that killer instinct, which may show us more about Brooklyn going forward in terms of closing out series uh, with the playoffs going forward. But uh, I'm really excited for, for these three games tonight. It's you know the, the fun part about the first round is is having multiple games on a night, which can be overwhelming at times but like tonight when there's two games on and around the same times you know what which one are you watching which one you're following on you know, just a score on twitter but it's uh it's it's great to have the M- the nba playoffs back and uh you know the, the drama three series in, in the western conference are tied two to two uh eastern conference you know three of the series are going to end soon one is already over but uh it's it's good to have three very competitive series, even if and and entertaining series around, even if they're not all going to all the game sevens because it's 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 the first round. It's high seeds versus first low seeds, but 
we're we're getting the best teams moving forward. So so, so that's what we we want to see as as fans first and foremost. The stars playing the stars with the most on the line. So that'll do it for this episode of the Double Double. If you like this podcast, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or at your podcast where you can subscribe, rate, and review. Five stars would be much, much appreciated. You can also follow us on Twitter at DBL underscore DBL podcast. We'll be back hopefully tomorrow. So have a, so thanks for listening and have a great day.